0: If Jesus Christ is in your life, you're minister of the gospel. Amen? Amen. So I, I got looking at, Lord, why is it then that the body struggles so much, so often, with ministry? Really just being. And I honestly think, well, I honestly know, I think the bottom line is we're still too consumed with who? Ourselves. We are still Consume with ourselves, and so the Lord began to show me a few things as I was reading through Matthew the last couple of days in in some chapters that, that spoke to me. And I thought, you know, Lord, what do I preach on today? And it's just kind of obvious when the Lord is speaking something to speaking something to you. That I feel like I just need to share it with then with those around me. So, what I want to look at just for a moment in Matthew 13, the Lord began to share with me just a little bit, uh, and I just began to see us. In, in in verse 13. Jesus had just spoken about the parable of the sower, and the disciples, after they shared, are like, Why do you keep talking to everybody else about, in, in parables, but you tell us? Like, plainly, what's the deal? And he goes on to say, in verse 12, actually, I want to start there. Whoever has, this is chapter 13 to verse 12, whoever has, will be given what? Everybody say it again. There's about six people. Whoever has, will be given. I like that. Look at your neighbor and say abundance. Yeah, I like that. But see, it's not always the abundance we think it is. Let's keep moving here. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. That sounds weird. If they don't have anything, even what they do have will be taken from them. What is, it, what, what is the Lord getting at? Well, he, he jumps ahead in verse 13 and says, this is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not what? Though hearing, they do not what? Hear or understand. So I'm like, Lord, what are we getting at here? This really can't be that hard. What is going on? And suddenly I'm like, whoa, I think I, got, I just got this. I just got this. This is really the difference between a hard-hearted Christian and an open and teachable Christian. Okay? The hard-hearted Christian does desire the things of God. Follow me. Desires the things of God. Desires to... to, uh, Takes hold of the fact that Jesus is Lord and Savior. Takes hold that. But the hard-hearted Christian still has someone else on the throne. Their thoughts and opinions and traditions and ideas, that's on the throne first. Just follow me just for a second because this is, you need to follow me here and grasp this. The hard-hearted Christian, you say, well, what about anybody? Well, yeah, hard-hearted anybody has self on the throne, but I'm dealing with Christians. The hard-hearted Christian has what they want on the throne and God standing next to it. The open and teachable believer has the Father on the throne and Christ Jesus standing at their right hand. Amen? I don't want to be a hard hearted Christian. Do you? Now, how does the hard hearted Christian play out? They're the ones that know the word, know the truth. Talk a good game. What's the word say here? What did he he say here? He says, he says, though seeing, they do not, though hearing, they don't actually, because their focus is not on the Father. So I'm just going to put this as plainly and as simple as I can. The reason we aren't living what God has created us to live is because of a what? A hard heart, self. That's it. How many people would say here, today, I desire the things of the Lord. But how many know, if not today, at least in times past, you said that, and you could even say, yeah, I believe that, but you absolutely did not live that. You got that? Are you with me on it? Who, who, who's catching what I'm saying? Okay, that's a hard heart. That's one who thinks they know better than God. <laughs> you think you know better than God. And it's even some of us sitting in the pew right now nodding our heads. That's right. That's right. You better listen, Pam. Can't be talking about me. I'm as open and teachable what was that? You just offended me. The hard-hearted gets offended very easily. Why? Because it's all about who? So if anything about them is touched in on, they become what? Offended. Do you know that offense always comes out of self? Offense never comes out of Jesus. As a matter of fact, it's crazy. A couple chapters over, I'm like, whoo, Jesus. I was reading this morning, Matthew, uh, they're all, they're, he's, he's sharing things, and the disciples are like, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when you just said that? And you know what Jesus said? And I remember when I read it, I'm like, ouch. You know what he said in verse 14? Leave them. Another translation, let them alone. Why? Because until their heart is open and teachable, they are seeing, their eyes are open, but they are not seeing. They have ears, but they are not. So you're just going to beat your head against the wall. What do you mean leave them? That's kind of rough. Well, he says, leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, they're both going to fall in a pit. So, you just keep praying the Holy Spirit, bring conviction and revelation in their life, and you move forward somewhere else. Right? The hard hearted get offended very easily. I really was not going to spend this much time on this, but I, I really feel like it's important for us to begin to realize, wow, when I have a hard heart, I am unwilling to lay down my opinions, my flesh, my traditions, do you know how many hard hearts over the years, and you say, wow, that's kind of rough, but I think in the name of religion, how many hard hearts we've had, seen over centuries, how many wars, how much bloodshed, and you say, oh, where are we going with this? I think things in the name of Jesus that don't look like Jesus came out of a hard heart and self, even up to this day. Because I'm going to tell you what, my Jesus is the most loving compassionate, gracious being ever. And I want to look like Him. And being a hard-hearted individual that's all about me is not going to get me there. You know what's going to transform me? Being open and teachable saying, Lord, I lay down what my opinion is. I lay down what my, what my thoughts are. I lay down what my flesh is. I lay it down. And so this is so cool. I love where Jesus does things like this. So a little bit later, he shares all these par- parables, and then a little bit later, he does this in chapter 14. So if you could turn with me real quick to 14 of Matthew, and let's just look at something he did here. Verse 13, here we go. You ready? Actually, start at verse 15. As evening approached, Jesus is out preaching to all these individuals out there. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, You ready for this? This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Now here's here, don't catch the, don't don't miss this here. I, I was just doing a little study. They actually, there's a little bit more of a, a broader conveyance of this. It wasn't just you give them something to eat, it was you can give them something to eat. Okay, the back row. Hello? Are we all good back here? You can give them something to eat. That's a big difference than you give them something to eat. You know what he's saying? Guys, you can do this. You can do this. Look at your neighbor and say, you can. You can. You can give them something to eat. Verse 17, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Well, we know where their eyes were, probably where all our eyes would be. The circumstances and the impossibility, correct? How can you say that you can give if all we have is 5 loaves and 2 fish? How is that even possible? In the book of John we find out it was a little boy's lunch. What I find cool is a little boy willingly gave his lunch up. Did I hear right, Dwayne? Dwayne said he thinks one of the disciples stole it from the little boy. <laughs> little boy is walking around going, "Where's my lunch?" You know what I'm saying? Grab hold of the fact that you can, regardless of what your situation. You can. Why? Because you think so? No, that's the problem. You don't think you can. Verse 18, bring them here to me, Jesus said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Book of Mark, I believe Luke says, he sat them down in hundreds and fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks, broke the loaves. Now, here's the cool part. It doesn't say anything else other than what did he do. Gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Okay. This is not real loaf of bread I'm sure they're talking about, but this is what we're going with. So he gave thanks, Father, thank you. And he broke it. I want you to look at what he did next. What did he do next? Now I want you to think about something. He gave it to the disciples. How many loaves of bread were there? (laughs) How many disciples were there? How many? So, he probably couldn't have broken it in half because that would have been only 10 pieces. Are you following me? Probably had to break a few other pieces off. So, each of the disciples ended up with, say, okay, here we go. Okay, hello, first group of 100. Here's dinner. Are you following me? here's dinner. I know we have this concept that suddenly Jesus Jesus broke it and suddenly a heap of food showed up right next to him. No. He broke it and gave what they had to the disciples and said, okay, here, James. Bon appétit, brother. (laughs) You can stay here from now on. You play well. I like that. I like that. I like that. I love this. He gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. And as they are giving them to the people, something crazy is happening. (laughs) Whoa, I just gave all this away. Okay, here's another. Whoa, there's another piece. Okay, oh, there's another one. Don't think the disciples were walking around like John Wayne, like they had it all together. That's right. This is how it happens. No, they're like, oh, my word. Here it is again. Did you eat that? Yeah, they have it. Oh, my word. I'm sure that at some point they're probably running around like crazy men going, watch this. Look. 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 You, you got me? Look! Oh, my word! (laughs) Verse 20, they all ate. And they didn't just all eat like James just ate. They all ate and were satisfied. (laughs) This is awesome. May I ask you a quick question? This story... Oftentimes we look at the miracle of what Jesus did, but this story, I really don't think, has had to do with the disciples. And then directly, as a result, who else does it have to do with? Us. Us. So here's the thing. Here are these 12 men who still haven't quite gotten it, though they've seen lots lots of stuff Jesus has done. But they're still focused on the fact that the only way that it's going to happen is if Jesus himself standing here does it, not realizing that the Lord had also, Jesus had called them for a reason, and it wasn't just to follow him around. He had plenty of people following him around. He wanted people that were going to start doing the things he was doing in his name. That's why he said, you can do this. How many know that God has called you and you can do it? You can. This is where a teachable heart comes in, folks. A hard heart continues to say, I can't. You may be the kindest looking Christian sitting in the pew. You may have all the right words to say. But if you're shaking your head at what Jesus says He you can do, your heart is still hard. What can you do from the young to the old and in between? What can you do in your home, in your family's home, in your workplace, in your school, on the street, in the corner? What? can you do that God has called you to? And it all comes back to the same thing, being Jesus to people, being the gospel to people, being love and His grace to people. You can do this. Well, how am I supposed to do this? I don't know how many times I've heard this, and I'm sure maybe some of you believe this, and that's okay. We can talk after if you disagree. But I hear people say, Oh, we're going to get married, but we're going to wait until we have enough money to do so. This is the better one. Oh, we'll have children, but we're going to wait till we're in a good financial situation to have children. I'm going to tell you what, the Lord sometimes messes with you on that one. Tracy and I are still trying to be financially prepared to have children. And the Lord says... Oh, you guys, you guys, ye of little faith. Guys, how many are still, and I want you to be honest, still think you are unable to really be what God has called you to be, and I'm talking about in ministry? Yes, yes, come on, let's get honest around here. We think we need seminary degrees. We think we need, I'll never forget... I never forget my, my uh, um, licensing ceremony where our DE, and I liked our DE, so this isn't against him. It's just things that I don't necessarily agree with because I think they sound foolish when you say them for outside of the ceremony. I'm kneeling right here. I'm right here. My DE's got his hand on my head, and they're doing the whole thing, which is great. That's fine. Thank you, Lord, as they're just blessing me and sending me forth to be licensed into the ministry. But this was one of the statements they made. You are now given the authority to preach the gospel. And I remember sitting there on my knees going, I feel like the Word already said I could. But even at that point, there were times where I'm like, oh, I can't do this. I'm scared of people. I'm scared to even preach to myself in the mirror. I can't even preach to anybody else. What am I talking about? I can't do it. The thing of the matter is, maybe some of you weren't called to preach. Some of you were just to be love in the workplace with Jesus' name attached to it. Maybe some of you were called to be grace and mercy. Some of you called to be unforg- me—forgiveness. Some of you are called to be grace and love at school. Some of you are called to because you can do this. And every one of them have an end result. You know what that end result? People getting free and coming to know Jesus. Who wants to be a part of that? Come on. Yes, we all do. You can do this. Look at your neighbor again and say, you can do this. Oh, you don't believe it. You can do this. Now, here's the cool part. Here's the cool part. So, where's Aaron at? You love me, don't you, brother? You love me? Okay. Let me me just emphasize just for a moment here. You love me, right Aaron? I know where the dustbuster is, don't worry. James, would you mind taking that just for a moment? So it goes on to say that all ate and were satisfied. This basket is from the kitchen, I think it was left over from last week. There you go it looked ideal for today's object lesson so it says all were satisfied so then he tells his disciples okay guys i would like you now to go around with a basket and pick up what's left over okay so what do they start to do they start picking it up they start throwing it in the basket And they're going, huh, I kind of remember what we started with, but it's kind of hard to believe that that's what we started with. And, oh, my goodness, and I know this probably just doesn't even do it, but how many baskets were left over? How many disciples were there? Each one of them got a basket. Each one of them got a basket. They started out with nothing other than this lunch that Dwayne says they stole. Right, And they all ended up with a basket full of blessing that they could then bless others with even more. I now have more than what I started with. Hey, when you're open and teachable, guess what? What you have, you're going to get... You're going to get more. What do you mean more? I'm going to get that new Corvette I want? You know what I'm talking about. You're going to get more. You're going to get more. You begin to lay your life down for the lives of others, and guess what? You're going to experience more of Christ's life in you. You begin laying down your thoughts. You begin laying down your opinions. You begin laying down your traditions and what you think it looks like. And guess what's going to come your way? A feeling of the Spirit like you've never seen in your life. The more you pour out, the more He will satisfy. The more you satisfy, the more you're going to be satisfied. The more you give life, the more He's going to be life in you. See, isn't it interesting we sit around waiting to be ready to be ministers of the gospel, when he already said what? You can. In fact, you've already got all you need. I only have five loaves and two fishes. Get your eyes off the five loaves and two fishes. Get your eyes on Jesus and watch what happens. In fact, what did he say to Peter at the end? Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Feed my sheep. See, Peter, even at that point, at least the first two times, was, okay, but, you know, Peter's still thinking about who? And Jesus is saying, Peter, do you love me, not you, then feed my sheep. It's so beautiful to see the way the Lord does this, and, and yet how many believers completely miss out on what He wants to do? How many? Come on, you're sitting in here. I'm not just talking about people from other churches. How many people miss out on what God wants to do through you because you don't think you can do it, and number two then, you don't think you have the provision to do it, even though what is He doing all the time? There are neighbors that you know sitting next to there next to you that just need to be listened to, loved and know that it's Jesus that is the source of all that. There's co-workers. I don't care how miserable lives they are. They need to know love. They need to know grace, they need to know mercy. And you can do this. Oh, if you only knew how annoying they are. I know. But you're probably annoying to somebody else too. So, you know, Jesus, when I see what you do in me and then how you bless me when I didn't even ask for it. And then he gave me that blessing that I may do what? Bless others more. And then what comes this way? More. And I'm like, holy cow, more, more, more. I like that word abundance, don't you? Who's hearing something today? You can. One last time, look at your neighbor and say, you can do this. He will provide. He will move in a mighty way. Amen? Every one of you, I'm so thankful for the lives here today that are ministering in different ways and in different avenues. Keep doing it, but I'm going to tell you what, if the Lord has taken you to another level, please be teachable and say, yes. Yes, I will. In Jesus' name. Lord, I just want to thank you, Father, for every life here. Just as we're spending the next several weeks just dealing with being ministers of the gospel, Lord, everybody sitting here can. Everybody sitting here can do what you've called them to do because you've already provided. It has nothing to do with what our eyes can see or what our ears can hear. It's just walking in the obedience and the open and teachable hearts that you've called us to. Lord, we just want to say thank you. Now, God, I thank you for speaking to every heart here today. I thank you, Lord, for ministering to every heart here today, and I thank you, Lord, that this week, and this is, my, this is what I pray over every individual in every pew and every church, I'm sorry, every chair in the back. This is what I'm praying right now, that every person here this week begins to hear clearly what it is that the Lord is calling you to whether it be that neighbor next door, whether it be that child in your home, whether it be that, that, that fellow student at school, whether it be that co-worker, whether it be somebody that, Lord, you have called people here today to go feed not necessarily 5,000, but definitely go feed one. But I believe, Lord, after we feed one, we can feed two. And after we feed two, we can feed four. And after we feed four, we can feed eight. And after we feed eight, we can feed 16 and 32 and 64. On and on and on, it'll grow. Oh, I'm so thankful that the kingdom of God is being built through us. Oh, we can't do it but being built through us. By the power that is within us, the Holy Spirit. God, we surrender. We lay it down and we get our eyes off of what we think it looks like and what we think it's going to sound like or smell like or taste like or feel like, and we say, here we are in Jesus' name. Does anybody say that with me right now? Here I am, Lord. Send me, Lord. Here I am. I know I can do this. Whatever it is you send me to, I know. In fact, I'm going to pray a dangerous prayer with you. Everybody ready for a good dangerous prayer? Let's repeat after me. Lord, thank you. For every opportunity, you're bringing my way today. And grant me a willing spirit to walk out, walk in, and walk through that opportunity that people may know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe that today? Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your Spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree, and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Amen. I'm going to invite Dirk to come up. We have literally 20 seconds of business.